Our sermon text today is the, both the Old Testament and the Gospel which you heard read. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Epiphany, I had one, it is said. We say the light bulb goes off. We also have other expressions that are similar about new evidence being brought to light. We say I was enlightened or I'm no longer in the dark. I can see clearly now. And that's what this festival season of Epiphany, which we'll celebrate the next few weeks, is all about. God shining his heavenly light into the darkness of our life. But to see light, one has to have one's eyes opened. And so he opens our eyes to see, under weakness, under signs, his eternal reality. He enlightens us, actually opens our eyes by his speaking, by his word and that by his spirit. And thus he gives us an epiphany. The light bulb, at least of God's sort, is turned on. Our eyes are open, we're given new eyes, to be like St. Paul, who said he could perceive into the insight, or with insight, into the mystery of Christ. It begins today with the visit of the Magi, a child born of Mary on Christmas, is on this day revealed to you as God in the flesh. God not only, though, to the Jew, as we've already heard, but now revealed to be God also to the Gentile. This mystery was not known by the sons of men, although there are plenty of hints in the prophet. But now it has been revealed to you by the mouth of his holy prophets and apostles, again speaking by the Spirit. You have seen Christ in the same way that the Magi saw him. You have seen his star. His light has dawned upon you. has risen upon you. And you see now in the child born of Mary, God, the glory of God revealed. Notice what this light does. All nations shall come to his light and all kings to the brightness of your rising, Isaiah said. We three kings, or however many kings of Orient are, as you have heard it sung, as you sung, probably, come from the east. They come to Jerusalem looking for this king. They follow his light. They see his stars that had risen. And they go to where they fully expect to find him, to Jerusalem. And now, in the 2,000 years since, other Gentiles, kings, and actually all people, poor, even, have received the same gift that they received there in Bethlehem for salvation. These outsiders, these who we least expect to actually be the ones to believe in Christ, they're astrologers from the East, they come to believe. They are enlightened. The light dawns upon them. They see him for who he is. And again, in the 2,000 years since, many outsiders have been enlightened. God shining his divine spotlight into their hearts to illuminate for them Jesus, leading those who sit in darkness into his marvelous light. All this light imagery that is given to us in the scripture in our text today teaches that it is necessary to have light upon our lives in order to banish that which is darkness. The Magi were not completely understanding who Jesus was. They had expectations. They knew the prophecies, perhaps by Daniel, 
um, who had been in Babylon with them, or before them anyway. But they're confused a little bit. Their ideas of him are muddled. They still dwell in the shadows. They're in the dark. Their expertise in stargazing has led them to recognize that a new king has been born, as David, Daniel had prophesied, and born to the Jews. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. But again, where did they go to find him? Well, they went to the obvious place, Jerusalem. To the palace, maybe to the temple. What did they find in Jerusalem? They found a king. But not the right king. And not the right home, either. The spirit of Jesus had guided them to the right land, but not yet to the right home. They needed further light, insight, if you like. They, received, they needed to receive enlightenment, we would say. And they received now their enlightenment the same way that they had that brought them to Jerusalem, now again by the scriptures. Even Herod and all Jerusalem needed this light bulb to go on. So Herod assembles all the chief priests and scribes of the people so that they could suss out, inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. And now God reveals to them in their scriptures where the Christ is, in Bethlehem of Judea, of course, as you know, for so it is written by the prophet. The prophet Micah had prophesied this would be the case, but it was unexpected, and Micah's prophecy, well, that came after Daniel had delivered some of the scriptures, the prophecies, into the east where the Magi were from. So they didn't know. They didn't know that the king would not be born in Jerusalem, as they expected, but rather in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem, a little town of insignificance, of course, apart from being the town of David. And so now, having heard God's word, their magi's eye, these Magi's eyes are opened, and they learn the true location of Christ. The simple light in the sky, the star that had risen, well, that had only led them to Jerusalem, had told them that the king was born. But now it is God's word himself, Bethlehem of Judea, that leads them to Christ's home. That's what compels them to seek him there. For nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. That is the rising of Christ, his light. Indeed, all the lights of the heavens are only a reflection of this true light. A child born of woman and begotten of God. So we learn from the Magi that to set one's, or to follow the light of Christ, I should say, is not merely some kind of aimless wandering. It's not even simply just to set the trajectory in the general direction of Jesus, more or less to heaven, more or less to him. But rather it is to follow his light directly to where he is promised to be, and there to gather around him, to worship him. Well, he's still keeping that promise. As we said, lift up your eyes all around and see. Look around and see. Christ has gathered even this evening his faithful to receive from him his word and to be nourished and strengthened by it, gathering unto himself a holy people that have been illuminated, enlightened by his rising. So there is kind of a contrast here as to perhaps how the Magi were when they first saw the star and then what they become after they are led by God's word directly to his home. 
to be true magi, to be full of wisdom and knowledge, that's not simply, that's not what it means to be a Christian alone. These magi from the East are noble men, virtuous people, who seek wisdom from the holy books of their, of their time. They are actually good sort of people. They look out for the good of their neighbor. They would fit our expectations as to the sort of life that we think God would expect us to live. They probably had lots of wisdom for their own people in the East about family and work and self-improvement. But that's not what it means to be a Christian, at least not, not really, not at its center. Rather, God in Christ called them unto himself to teach them that they would learn actually the source of every blessing, which is Jesus. And so we are to learn actually from them to seek the true light where he has promised to be found, not in some general aimless wandering towards Jerusalem, but in Bethlehem, in the house of bread where he feeds us and he nourishes us. Jerusalem was the sort of place you would expect, full of glory and wise teachers. But the Bible teaches us that such wisdom, the wisdom of the world, is actual foolishness. We can't find God in the sort of places we would expect him, in nature or in our hard work or all the practical ways we live out our life. Even looking to the stars and following them is not enough. They went to the earthly king, they went to the place they would expect to find him, and they left utterly unfulfilled by Herod. But again, when God spoke to them, when his word was put into their hearts, O Bethlehem, by the prophet Micah, now their eyes are opened. When Herod sends them to find the king, did they receive the king in the way that he wanted to be found? Actually, not until they knelt face down before the infant king, the king of the universe, really, did they find what they were looking for. They had to be led to him, and they had to be led by his word. And that's true for us, too. To be wise in the ways of this world is not what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian is to follow the light that Christ has dawned upon you to where he has promised to be found. And you can only find him in his word. Lift up your eyes all around and see. Yes, again, God has, by his word, as he has promised, gathered together a heavenly host here in this place, in this evening, around Jesus to listen to him, to receive him. This isn't the kind of wisdom that you would receive from the world. It actually looks to be foolishness. It can even be a stumbling block for many. But think about the words that Jesus says to you here in this place. He says to you, I forgive you all your sins. And those words do what they say. It's done. Or think of all the ways that the world tries to absolve itself, to wash away the things that we perceive wrong with our life. We call it the soil of sin. But then when he washes us, not just with plain water, but with water combined with his word, sins are washed away. Not just once, but forever. Think about that hunger and thirst that we all have, that unquenchable hunger and thirst for righteousness to be holy and pure as we know God would have us be. 
and all the ways that we strive through our efforts and our works and our virtuous living to accomplish that, and yet we never get there. And then we come to this place where he gathers us by his word again, by the light dawning upon us, and he makes us righteous, not only forgiving our sins, but feeding us with the food of righteousness, his body and blood. And look, he gathers us together here, not just around magi, but with prophets and apostles and all those dearly departed who rest in their, in their grave. They're all here to witness the glory of the Lord. This is no more, more vividly true as he gathers us around his own body and blood to feed us there in his supper for our forgiveness, for our life, for our salvation. That's the light of Christ dining upon you. That's what gathered you here tonight. And this is the plan that has been brought to light for everyone. A plan that Paul said was a mystery hidden for ages. It has to dawn upon you. It has to, your eyes have to be opened to it by his word. For Christ Jesus is the epiphany of actual true wisdom. And what does he reveal to you? But that by your baptism you were made children of God, fellow heirs in his body. What else does he reveal to you? That you are righteous, not by your own actions or deeds or thoughts, but by actually his actions, deeds, and thoughts, by his perfect suffering and death. And that's how he makes you righteous. And that he strengthens and preserves you, not by your own effort or strength, but by his own body and blood. He also reveals to you something even more profound, I think. That while you were yet sinners, while you were unlovable, maybe not even all that wise in the way of this world, not even magi, that he came to you. His light dawned upon you. He drew you here to give you his love and to make you lovely before, not only before God, but before your neighbor. Forgiving you so that you would forgive one another. The mystery hidden before ages has been revealed to you. And behold, the star that they had seen went, or when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with, they rejoiced exceedingly <laughs> with great joy. You see what the answer is to all the darkness and things in our life that we face, but the light of Christ as it dawns upon us. Then you with Christ shall see and be radiant, and your heart shall thrill and exult, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That's the actual answer to all the things that we strive for, that we're looking for. The answer is the light of Christ. To see his star as it has dawned upon us, and to follow him to where he's promised to be, in this, his Bethlehem, his house of bread, where he feeds us, and we receive him, and we worship him, and we rejoice in him. Like the Magi, going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Let us not cease to follow his star and to gather together around Jesus and to receive him right here where he's promised to be. In Jesus' name, amen.